Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So once again, uh, a rare painting was found in a farm shed. And the the headline talks about it being covered with bird droppings. No, uh, it was not covered in bird droppings. They found it in the back of this shed. And it had bird droppings on the back of the painting, not on the front. Uh, This guy found it in a farm shed in Kinderhook, New York. (laughs) He said, you know, that looks like a painting from... uh, the painter Sir Anthony Van Dyke, uh, and who doesn't know the great paintings of Sir Anthony Van Dyke? And he uh, said it was a study for St. Jerome painting that uh, Sir Anthony painted, and uh, he bought it for $600. He didn't say anything to anybody. He just said, yeah, yeah, I'll give you $600. And it was just auctioned off for $3.1 million. <laughs> The oil sketch by the 17th century uh, Flemish artist Anthony Van Dyke. Like I said, uh, you know all his works. So it was auctioned off at Sotheby's for $3.1 million. Now it depicts a nude elderly man who was a live model study. It was between, painted between 1615 and 1618. Uh, holy cow. Uh, congratulations. This is why you look at stuff at yard sales and shed sales and barn sales. I mean, if you saw that and in the back of the shed, would you have paid $600 for it? Not knowing that it was this great painting by Sir Anthony Van Dyke, a study of St. Jerome. And I hope I'm pronouncing Sir Anthony's name correctly. It's Van D-Y-C-K. I'm guessing it's Van Dyke. I don't know. It could be Van Dyck. I'm just guessing it's Van Dyke. Anyway, I wish something like this would happen for me. I hope that it happens for you. If you see something old and it looks like it could be worth a lot of money at a barn sale, be sure to pick it up. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Okay, warning to all zoos around the world. As you know, no one supports zoos more than this program, Chewing the Fat, and me, Jeff Fisher. No one. Uh, And I don't know what's happening at the Dallas Zoo. I don't know if this means that other zoos need to... uh, We need to sound the alarm to other zoos. I would hope that other zoos are taking heed. We have the fourth incident at the Dallas Zoo since the new year, the first month. Uh, We had the clouded leopard escaped the enclosure, which, you know, they ended up finding in the inside the zoo perimeter, which I figured that they would. That's normally what happens. They also found that uh, the enclosure for the leopard was intentionally cut. Then the staff members found another intentional cut on the enclosure of the Langer monkeys. And the monkeys were all accounted for and no one left. The monkeys were like, yeah, <sighs> nah, I'm not going to try to crawl through that. I'm good. I'm waiting on lunch. Now, now uh, we then be, after that, we found that there was a vulture who was dead. Uh, one of the endangered vultures uh, died of an unusual wound. And so that's being investigated uh, as, you know, a suspicious death. 
Now we find out that we have two Emperor Tamarin monkeys missing. And apparently there's clear evidence the animals' habitats were tampered with and that they may have been taken. So they're they're on the hunt for these two Tamarin monkeys. I don't know what's happening at the Dallas Zoo. I don't know if we need to rethink who's in charge. We definitely need to take a look at the security that's happening around this zoo. If you, you know, if you actually care about taking care of the animals and not wanting them stolen. <laughs> but the rest of the zoos around the country and around the world, for that matter, uh, need to take heat and uh, take a look at your security uh, take a look at what you've got going on and maybe double check your employees because, you know, everybody loves animals and everybody wants to work at the zoo because they care for uh, care for the animals. There's nothing more than they want to do than feed the hippos and, and bathe the monkeys and, hey, let's go make sure the gorillas are okay. But uh, now we've got people harming and stealing animals and setting them free. Uh, just upgrade your security just a little bit at zoos around America and top of the Dallas Zoo. Uh, it's time for, uh, definitely time for a change there. And the fallout from the Memphis beating of Tyree Nichols is uh, still ongoing. I mean, two EMTs and a fire department lieutenant have been fired. Uh, the five officers, I think we're up to six officers being fired now, other officers suspended. Um, they've disbanded the unit that these officers were a part of, the Scorpion unit, uh, citing the heinous actions of a few. I mean, there's five officers. How big was the Scorpion unit? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but they disbanded the unit, uh, after, I mean, the video of several of the officers beating Tyrone Nichols is just horrible. I mean, they beat him almost to death and he died three days later. Um, this, the Scorpion unit is supposed to, you know, it stands for street crimes operations to restore peace in our neighborhoods. Um, okay. Uh, it's intended to focus on certain high crime areas of Memphis. Um, I mean, they've been charged with murder second degree murder uh you can i mean i know we're protesting uh, the police actions but everything that uh can be done is being done it appears that that's the case uh boy it gives police a bad bad taste that's for sure and i just feel like I, i've watched the videos and they're horrible they're beating this guy and they're fist bumping at the end and it's just uh they showed up at the at the when they pulled him over, they were already, already wound up. I just, there's so much more to this. And I don't know that we'll ever know uh, what that so much more is. Uh, I don't know if it was, there's so much more around the police. There's so much more around uh, Tyree. By all accounts, he's a good guy. Uh, you know, a working guy, uh, has a child. Uh, so, I, I mean, by all accounts, he's a good guy. He was a good guy. Uh, I, I don't know. I just want to find, I want to know what brought this on because it's just this horrific beating is so, it seems so senseless, senseless. And I want to make, I want to make some kind of sense about it. And I don't know that we ever will have sense about this beating, but I sure hope so. I sure hope so. And that's not even to mention the race filled 
hatred that's going on around the country and you know of course in memphis but i mean I, we don't know if these uh officers were hired to lower standards but we know that they were all black males that did the beating on another black male so uh, uh you know most people would say well there you go uh, how can that be white supremacy well we have a reverend uh, the reverend christopher mckee jr in jacksonville florida telling us as we lift the name of our brother tyree nichols from memphis who though killed at the hands of black men was killed by a system of white racial supremacy which devalues black life to the point that we don't value it in one another can i oh okay thank you reverend we have whoopi goldberg from the view asking if white people need to get beaten to death by police before anything is done about the police i know that we have people asking about police reform uh what to do about police reform that's for sure i saw uh vernon jones uh asked on twitter everyone is screaming police reform if i ask 10 people what is police reform i will likely get 10 different answers tell me what is your idea of police reform and there are you know hundreds if not thousands of responses but a few of them are increased trainings especially in handling mental illness increasing number of police body cams that the officers cannot control are a few that come to mind we also need prison reform we need to work harder on rehabilitation and giving people skills to live a better life outside of prison counseling education and support for a length of time after release those are just a few that come to mind next memphis set a record for murders in 2021 with 346 breaking the previous record of 332 set in 2020 same for atlanta record number murder rates in 2020 and 2021 not really sure what that has to do with police reform mandatory one-year prison for resisting arrest mandatory five years in prison for assaulting anyone mandatory 10 years for stealing a gun we cannot tolerate criminals and then expect top cops to take the abuse i i that's a tough one uh, i don't know if i agree with the mandatory sentencing but we should not be letting uh people out early and we cannot tolerate criminals and then expect the police to take the abuse no quit no question uh the scorpion unit was created to deal with what were apparently serious issues in the community police reform starts with communities facing the reasons why they needed more aggressive police to begin with privatize our security and qualified immunity i'm available for more government fixes if you need yeah i don't want the government uh taking over i don't want the federal i don't want police federalized that's and that's what's coming and they're meeting to talk about that now um i've been an leo since 1987 so i have experience to draw from currently numerous departments across the country can't find personnel therefore they are lowering their standards uh bjj training is essential and always should have been established trusting relationships with the community yeah those all sound good but you have to get the people to actually work the system let municipalities hire and fire entire departments privatization will ensure that they don't abuse their power okay uh, objective one uphold existing laws weed out retire or fire police deputies or with troubled history top down fund police to increase police department manning levels per the police to population ratio within the precinct upholding a strict hiring qualification process 
Yeah, I mean, all of these sound good, and I could go on and read hundreds, if not thousands. Mandatory, two officers per patrol car, one of which is the supervisor role with minimum five years experience. Eight hours uh, per 40-hour work week dedicated to training, mandatory fitness testing and time for exercise, improved pay and benefits to recruit and retrain, retain the best. Yeah, those all sound great, but we have to get the officers wanting to do the job. Wow. Um Eliminate traffic stops. Use cameras and technology to find traffic violations. Okay. Uh, but what about in Europe? You never find a cop hiding behind trees in Europe. This is so unnecessary. Just mail a $500 ticket and watch how no one speeds. The problem is now a business. <laughs> so you see the problem. Uh, I know that I've, I've been got, I started to get serious here on Chewing the Fat. I'm going to have to back off a little bit because it's, uh, it's this whole Tyree Nichols thing has really got me kind of kind of bugged. I'm not really sure. Uh, there's so much more to the story, and I want to get to it. But there's also so much more to what's happening around the country in race relations, in police and community relations and uh how we fix the problem uh the, the problem is so much bigger than just a bad cop beating up uh someone uh, in the in a traffic stop uh you know it all starts with that no question just horrible uh it, it just it, it, he doesn't didn't deserve to get what he got but he didn't follow all the directions of the police to begin with so that again is another side issue he didn't deserve any of it I, i'm not saying that he did and again by all accounts he was a he was a good person it was a good man but i just there's so much more to this and uh the fallout is is still coming and i fear that the fallout is not going to be pretty and i know i know all right i'll stop thank you for listening to chewing the fat and uh i'll try i I'll, we'll get back to chewing the fat i try not to get too political and too serious because that's what this show you know i i want this show not to be all serious and stuff <laughs> the rest of the shows that are broadcasting from texas today are almost shut down i mean there's ice all over everything where I live. DFW is damn near shut down to nothing. I look out my window here and I see the the neighborhood road. Normally you see a tire track where somebody from the neighborhood has tried to leave and go out and face the world. I don't see any today. There's no tire tracks. And that road is just a sheet of ice. So I'm broadcasting, you know, from the Chewing the Fat studios at home. And there's been some issues at the Blaze studio because of the weather. So just, uh, you know, sorry, that's just the way it is here in DFW and Texas. When it uh, rains and gets cold and freezes, it creates a thing called ice. And when that happens, things shut down. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Well, 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 it seems as though that uh, everyone who uh, suspected the old M&M suspension of its candy mascots was just a PR stunt uh, was correct. Uh, The brand told the New York Times that its characters 
will be its long-term spokes candies. What, are you kidding me? We're not getting rid of them. And apparently they're going to uh, reappear in an upcoming Super Bowl commercial. I mean, I'm sure that was, you know, recorded quite some time ago. Costs a lot of money for those Super Bowl commercials. Last week, Eminem said it was sending its mascots into retirement over the right-wing backlash to their recent outfit changes. And then they brought in What's-Her-Face as their spokesperson... Uh, Maya Rudolph, but they said that she was going to be in a Super Bowl commercial too, so maybe she says goodbye to them in the Super Bowl commercial. Like, get out of here. All the right-wing people hate you. Uh, all you LGBTQ M&Ms, get out of here. I'm here, but M&Ms are still good. I mean, it's just amazing. M&Ms, I hope you're just doing uh, commercials, please. Just please. Costs a lot of money for those Super Bowl commercials, though. I mean, you're looking at uh, up to $7 million for 30 seconds during the Super Bowl. <laughs> that uh, seems, like a, uh, seems like a lot of money. Now, they claim that the Super Bowl ads are being sold at uh, record-breaking numbers. And why wouldn't they be, really? I mean, you're looking at 100 million eyes. Oh, I'm sorry, there'd be 200 million eyes, 100 million people watching the games. Oh, that's assuming everyone has two eyes. Don't get me with that, okay? It's just, a hundred, we'll just stick with 100 million people, okay? <laughs> uh, I don't know how many eyes they have. Okay, you know, so it's more than 100 million, but less than 200 million, because not everyone has two eyes. I got it. But, uh, I mean, we're talking about a huge amount of people, and, uh, you know, a lot of money, for those commercials. I will say that it used to be a bigger deal than it has been in the recent past because we see them all online before the Super Bowl. So I would say that a good marketing campaign for a company would be to have a campaign building up to something that no one has seen during the Super Bowl, but no one no one consulted me. So no one emailed chewingthefatattheblaze.com no one reached out to me uh, at JeffyJFR on Twitter or Jeff Fisher Radio on Instagram and Facebook. No one reached out. So what I would like to do is if <laughs> I would like to do a cameo commercial during the Super Bowl to promote at JeffyJFR cameo and just people have people order. <laughs> cameo should actually do an ad uh, during the Super Bowl. It would be it would be awesome, and they could use all the people that have cameo accounts uh, for their commercial and people would be up for it because they do it for nothing to promote their cameo account. But, you know, what do I know? Nothing. That's what I know. Nothing. Pay your $7 million for the commercial of 30 seconds and zip it, okay? Yeah. So did you see where uh, Hulk Hogan apparently had back surgery and now he can't feel his legs at all? Uh, his lower body, you can't feel it at all. Uh, that kind of sucks. That's what I'm saying. I, you, I'm going to go out on a limb here saying that sucks. They claim that he had to use a cane to walk around because he can't feel anything uh, below his waist. So apparently uh, Hulk, who's 69 now, uh, his real name, Terry Jean Belayle. I, you know, I, I used to see Hulk all the time. Uh, his kids went to the same school as my oldest son for a year or two. I used to see him, you know, all the time. They were friends and, uh, see Hulk, uh, from, you know, a couple times a week for a year or so. I, I like him. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. I used to see him after, 
the wrestling matches when he was, I mean, that was when he was still wrestling and he could barely move, you know, at the end of, uh, after, you know, the next day, he's just struggling. It's just like the NFL, you know, you play the game and then the next day you need a day to, you know, <laughs> you need a day to rehab a little bit. So apparently he can't feel anything below the waist and he has uh, some use of his legs. He was just seen at an event where it looked like he was, you know, walking or standing without a cane. Could have been just for the picture. No one knows for sure. Um, he had nerves cut from his lower body. So he can't feel his lower body. Yeah, and that's why they claim he has to use a cane to walk around. He can't feel anything. He hasn't uh, commented on it. So, I mean, he's been through so much. Uh, 35-year career with the WWE. Um, he's had uh, in dozens of surgeries. I mean, Brooke, his daughter, who... I mean, that family just fell apart after they went to the reality show. Just incredible. That's a whole other story. Anyway, his daughter, Brooke, said that he had undergone uh, 25 surgeries. Uh, fake knees, fake hips, uh, back is full of metal, and part of his face is full of metal. Wow. So he had a slight tear in his right knee, declined to have surgery at the time, and then he was, you know, just started to be freaking out. I mean, I, I've got a fake knee. I've had multiple surgeries on the real knee. Uh, I've had a shoulder surgery. I think that's where, where I'm at. I mean, I had multiple surgeries on my left knee before they put the fake knee in. So you can count that as, you know, I think I had one, two, three or four surgeries prior to the fake knee going in. So there's five. And then I've had two or three on my right knee. So let's say that's seven or eight. And then I've had surgery on my shoulder. So that's nine. <laughs> and that's just counting, uh, you know, body parts. And I could use a lot more. I mean, my right knee is, uh, uh, needs to be taken care of uh, soon. Or I'm just going to, I'm hobbling around down it as we speak. And I could use a, I could use a fake right knee, but I'm not going through that surgery, not right now. I can't do that anyway. Hulk Hogan uh, wandering around, can't feel his back. Hope you get better, Hulk. Hope you get better. So Andrea Riseborough, the actress, a uh, little bit of trouble with the old uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences people. Uh, she was uh, nominated for uh, uh, her performance in To Leslie. And apparently that was a shock when it was announced. Uh, the film had, uh, you know, no, no heat from people watching it. Uh, made $28,000 at the box office. I mean, I probably could make a movie that would make $28,000 at the box office. <laughs> but prior to the nomination voting period at the end, I mean, Jennifer Anston, Kate Winslet, Edward Norton, Kate Blanchett uh, mentioned uh, Riseborg, uh, endorsed Riseborg, and uh, Kate Blanchett mentioned Riseborough in her Critics' Choice Award acceptance speech. So uh, people are wondering, hey, what's going on here? What's happening? Because apparently the Oscars uh, say you can't be campaigning. Uh, to for your movies, okay? And apparently, uh, to Leslie, the movie may have violated a few of those rules. 
<laughs> You're not supposed to contact voters directly and encourage promotion and the rule against uh, singling out uh, competing nominees by name. I mean, that's kind of uh, old school thinking, but okay, that's fine. No problem. Uh, most insiders uh, now predict, you know, that it'll be upheld. She's fine. She was nominated. Let's move on. But they're also mad because, oh, if she's been out campaigning, that uh, doesn't leave room for the black actresses like Danielle Deadweiler and Viola Davis. Their nominations, uh, you know, need to be up there too. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, I love Andrea. She's been in a couple things that I love. Uh, obviously, I have not seen, <laughs> not seen the uh, the great movie to Leslie, uh, but uh, she's been. She was in Oblivion, the one Tom Cruise movie, which I love that movie. She was in uh, Bloodline. Uh, she was in, a, I don't know how many episodes, uh, half a dozen to a dozen episodes in Bloodline. Plus, she starred in the uh, 000 on Amazon Prime, which was awesome. Uh, I love that show. Uh, if you have a chance, if you haven't seen 000 on Amazon Prime, uh, sit through it. It's really good. Eight episodes, well worth the watch. Well, a deadline for seven states to agree on how to reduce their use of Colorado River water is today. Uh, for those of you listening live, it is the 31st of January, 2023. Uh, it, uh, the Interior Department looks to stem the historic drops in the system's water volume. I mean, we've talked about uh, how low the water is. Uh, out west for sure and the department has warned a lack of agreement could force it to impose mandatory cuts they should be doing this anyway some of these cuts should have already been happened they've been lollygagging around the 23 year drought worst in 1200 years the hoover dams lake mead is historically low uh, the basin supports 40 million people across california arizona nevada uh, the Upper Basin, uh, Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, and New Mexico. Uh, some of that uh, water, I believe, gets used in Mexico as well. Uh, states have long drawn uh, more water than the river produces. Uh, yeah, uh, partly uh, because early water managers, math errors. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mathin is hard, isn't it? Oh, that reminds me. I got to play that the video of the lady who's talking about mathin is hard because she's pissed that uh, people are getting Social Security at Sam's Club. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Social Security money uh, at Sam's Club and their immigrants. And the phrase, uh, the math is not mathing. <laughs> uh, this made me laugh. Uh, this is uh, the uh, TikToker. Sagittarius Woman 912. Hey y'all, so I'm in Sam's and uh, I just found something out and I'm trying to fathom, trying to figure it out. So how is it that the Biden administration has made it possible for Ukrainian refugees to get SSI checks? Huh. They're not paying into the system. They're not from this country. They didn't help build this country. So 
riddle me this. How, how, how are they getting SSI checks? You know, the, the monies that are taken out of every paycheck that we get every time we get a paycheck, that chunk of money that they uh -huh. take. Yep. How Nowhere. are Ukrainian refugees getting SSI checks? Make me understand that. Please make me understand that. Because they're trying to work us until we die so that we don't get the SSI check. So how, how, how is that happening? Somebody please make me understand because the math is not mathing. Think about it. The math is not mathing. <laughs> that from uh, Sagittarius one nine twelve on TikTok. So I got sidetracked with uh, the math is not mathing uh, thought in my head. So uh, who died today? Who died today? Cindy Williams. Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley. Yes, Shirley from Laverne and Shirley, uh, has passed away at the age of 75 years of age. Sydney Williams, rest in peace. Now, she has a couple of kids. She was married to, or is, was married to uh, Bill Hudson, who was from the musical group The Hudson Brothers. Who doesn't remember the great Hudson Brothers? Uh, now, he is also the father of uh, Kate Hudson, the actress, because he was previously married to Goldie Hawn. Oh, what a wicked, wicked web we weave in Hollywood, isn't it? <laughs> so Cindy Williams, she had a great career. She did a lot of really cool stuff, um, really good stuff. She And I was reading about her and how she, uh, she almost got picked over Carrie Fisher for the Star Wars role, which would have been a whole different world for her, right? If she would have been picked for Princess Leia for that. I loved the uh, comments from Henry, Henry Winkler. He said uh, that uh, I met Williams while playing Fonzie on Happy Days. Uh, Cindy has been my friend and professional colleague since I met her on the set of Happy Days in 1975. Not once have I ever been in her presence when she wasn't gracious, thoughtful, and kind. Cindy's talent was limitless. There was not a genre she could not conquer. I am so glad I knew her. That, I think, says it all for Cindy Williams. So Cindy Williams, after a brief illness, they didn't say what illness it was, dead at the age of 75. Okay, so while it's not dead, it is the last of the Boeing 747s known as the queen of the skies and considered the world's first jumbo jet the last one is being delivered to cargo carrier atlas air today which is the final rollout of the iconic uh aircraft the four engine hump shaped 747 world's first twin aisle air airplane uh, manufactured first in 1968 uh, entered uh, service of now defunct Pan American World Airwaves in 1970. Yeah, I mean, holy cow. Uh, more than 1,570 models of the aircraft have been created for both passengers and cargo. There are about 358 Boeing 747 still in existence, including the two, uh, you know, Air Force One and Air Force Two. Uh, airlines. Uh, the newer, more fuel-efficient two-engine Boeing 777X is slated to replace the Boeing 747 in 2025 and will become Boeing's largest aircraft. Okay, so it didn't die, but the 747, it is the last of the 747s. 
It'll be a documentary very soon. The last of 747. Speaking of airlines, too, uh, today, thanks to the weather, the ice storms hitting the uh, southern U.S., and in particular where uh, you know where I'm at in DFW, uh, Southwest and American Airlines canceled hundreds of flights. Uh, so it's going to take days, and it's going to impact states from Texas to Ohio, or, uh, freezing rain, icy roads. More than 18,000 flights yesterday were delayed or canceled. And uh, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see if we need an investigation. What happened? Yeah, the weather happened. And don't forget Thursday coming up is, uh, what's his face? You know, Groundhog, Punxsutawney Phil. It's his day on Thursday. So we'll find out if winter is here to stay or not. (laughs) That's coming up on Thursday, though. We still got a couple days. And speaking of things coming up, uh, our president, Joseph Biden, told Congress that the U.S. will end its national emergency and public health emergency declarations for COVID. Well, some of you are saying, hey, isn't that really <laughs> that been over in our lives anyway? Well, yes, it has, but not according to the government. And according to our president and the government, uh, that's going to happen in May. We're not going to not do it right away. That's just silly. We're going to take care of it in May, okay? So I guess what that really means is there's going to be a lot of federal money uh, that goes away to uh, pandemic-driven causes. So boosters are no longer will no longer be free. Tests are no longer going to be free. Uh, the emergency status from many people wanted to end right now. And that's not going to happen. I mean, really, in our own lives, it's been over. But there's plenty of government entities that have been milking the system for a lot of money. And they don't want that to go. They want to give you a heads up. Hey, you know all that money you've been getting? Yeah, it's going to go away. Uh, it's going to go away, you know, in May. We'll let you, you know, we'll let you figure it out uh, until then. Okay, I'm not going to do it right away. <laughs> Something to look forward to, though, right? I mean, the national emergency and public health emergency for COVID is gone in May. <laughs> so ridiculous. A new study has found that uh, COVID is the eighth most common cause of death in kids. As long as we're talking about COVID, we might as well add a few more stories about COVID. Uh, Children and young people make up 0.1% of the 1.1 million Americans who've died of the virus. That's still more than 1,300 people. Yeah, I know, but it's nothing in relationship anyway. Uh, Now this study found that COVID has surpassed the flu and pneumonia as a leading cause of death for kids. Uh, Following shortly after homicides and heart disease, uh, given the efficacy of the vaccines, the study found that COVID may also be leading vaccine-preventable diseases. Now, the news comes as more than 90% of kids in the U.S. under 5 remain unvaccinated. And less than 10% have gotten a booster. So, wow. So, the 90%, I mean, the 10% that have been vaccinated, then uh, inside of that 10%, less than 10% of those numbers have gotten the booster. Because, I mean, they realized it was, there was no point to it. And so, okay. 
All right. Now, the World Health Organization lists COVID as a public health emergency, but now says the pandemic is probably at a transition point. You think? Some see reclassifications like this as an overdue acknowledgement of the world moving on. Yeah, some as in I definitely am one of those. Others see them as humanity wishing the virus to go away while allocating fewer tax dollars to make that happen. No, I see it as uh, let's move on. We know it's out there and we take care of it as it comes. Okay. And people are not going to have their kids vaccinated no matter how much you yell at them. Okay. That's a, that's an incredible number. 90% of the kids in the U S under five remain unvaccinated because people don't want to give it to their kids and less than 10% have gotten a booster. So the, 10% who have gotten the vaccine, less than 10% of that number have gotten a booster. That means that people do not want that vaccine in their kids. Wow. Just incredible. Okay, so we have uh, drunks in the news. Let's leave you today uh, here with uh, drunks in the news. We have the actress in uh, the United Kingdom, Honeysuckle, uh, the British actor Honeysuckle Weeks. Uh, She confessed in the UK court to drunk driving, but she said, hey, I did so. I was going to be forced into having a threesome, and I didn't want that to happen. Wait, what? Yeah, she said I was staying at a friend's house for the night, and uh, I we, we were drinking, and I was fearing that they were going to co- coerce me into having sex, so I opted to drive off. Oh, okay. Now, apparently, uh, an off-duty police officer, this is kind of agonizing, the story of how she got arrested. The off-duty cop watched the actor back her Honda into a parked car and leave, but return almost immediately. Then, uh, while the vehicle was stopped, that's when the police officer shows up and says, oh, you were driving drunk. All right. Well, she was. So I don't know why it's agonizing. It just kind of bugs me that he, you know, didn't go after her when she, she waited until he came back. Anyway, so she, that happened. She drove off after she hit the car and then she came back, but she left originally because she was being forced. She thought, she thought she was going to be talked into having a threesome and how you can't say no. If you're drunk and you're at a friend's house and they say, hey, want to have a threesome with us? You can't say no. (laughs) So, I mean, you have to get out of there. Of course. Duh. And they took her to the police station because she was unable to take one on the road. Huh. Yeah, she was driving uh, with more than twice the legal limit. Now, she pleaded guilty to driving under the influence and said so. You know, she said she was going to be pressured into that threesome. She didn't want any part of it. Oh, uh, okay. Now she asks that I got to take my son to school every day. I got to drive. Uh, you know, I, I know she was banned from driving for 20 months and small fines. Look, she's been in, uh, she's been in drug rehab and alcohol rehab before she's been busted with driving her kid around, uh, crazily, uh, when he didn't have a seatbelt on, how dare you? drive in an automobile with your children without them having a seatbelt on so the uh the real reason wasn't that she was drunk at a friend's house and went to drive away and then decided she probably was too drunk to drive away after she hit the car the real reason was is that she left because she thought she was going to be forced into having a 
threesome at the house and you can't you can't say no to something like that then we have uh, a lady in canada another drunk in the news uh she pled guilty to four counts of impaired driving was slapped with a three year present prison sentence wow and she got fined a bunch of money okay what happened to her she went to a party uh, she went to a concert and got really, really drunk at this concert, at this bar, okay? Then uh, she caused $10 million in damages. <laughs> she crashed into a house, causing an explosion. Yes, and because of the explosion, all these houses got ruined and some people got hurt. Uh, some firefighters got hurt, some people... Some other people got hurt. She was drinking and she got behind the wheel. Uh, then she ran into the brick home, rupturing a gas line, massive explosion, four houses, seven people injured. Uh, amazing, right? And so the cost damages of nine to fifteen million dollars. Man, that was the wrong neighborhood to run into. <laughs> So they're saying, I mean, she's going to be fine, like $15 million, okay? So now she's saying that the company uh, that served her a concert at Budweiser Gardens Arena in London, Ontario, should not have served her all this alcohol, and it is their fault. Oh, okay, there's no personal responsibility or anything? No. No, Ovations Ontario Food Services, the company that distributed uh, the booze, uh, that's, you know, tough. They, they need to take liability for it because they should not have served her alcohol while they were aware that the bar goer was intoxicated already. And they accused them of putting profit above safety. So there's no personal responsibility at all. And their, their, uh, their negligence uh, caused this to happen. Okay. All right. So good luck. We'll see if that actually works. In today's world, it probably will. And we have former quarterback for Georgia, the national champion Georgia Bulldog Stetson Bennett. Uh, another drunk in the news, uh, Stetson Bennett, uh, who I don't know why he was in Dallas, but he was, uh, he was in Dallas, uh, this past weekend and, uh, somebody said, Hey, there's a guy banging on doors in this neighborhood is driving me crazy. It's okay. I mean, it's, it's in the morning. Sunday morning, he's banging on the doors. What's going on? So the officers arrived and they said, Hey, uh, what's going on here? And uh, they realized that the guy was intoxicated and it was Stetson Bennett. Uh, so he was taken into custody, transported to the city detention center, charged with public intoxication. Then he left the detention center and could not be reached for comment. There's no reason for him to comment. I mean, just move on with your life, man, and pretend like it didn't happen. Because you got he's got a fairly decent NFL deal coming up the draft is coming up he's hoping to go into the nfl you don't want to be one of those guys again once you get that sticker on you that sticker does not come off man holy cow and it doesn't say i mean what the guy was looking for a friend sunday morning he forgot what house they were in he's in a strange place sure he was drunk he's banging on doors and you're going to arrest him for being with public intoxication when he couldn't find his friend what's going on in america you can't even be drunk looking for a friend's house anymore without being arrested. 
Man, what have we become? Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.